You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Welcome to our special Literally mini series, Little Ones. I'm so grateful to you for joining me. Literally is dedicated to giving you all the behind the scenes details. Typically that looks like coaching one client for six months, but in this mini series, it looks like a deep dive with five of my clients who've all had a baby within the last year while running six and seven figure businesses. Having just had my son four and a half months ago, these were the conversations that supported me so much as I became pregnant and transitioned into motherhood. I wanted to know what really shifts in business, how do things look, what does balance mean, and so much more, and that is exactly what we're diving into here. You'll notice each client has their own flavor, experience, and journey, but I hope your biggest takeaway is that you get to do it your way and can take a little bit from each of them. So whether you're a mom now, want to be in the future, or just want to hear some behind the scenes from amazing business owners, this mini series was made for you. So let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome to another Little Ones episode. I I just love that we're calling it Little Ones. So cute. Okay, so I am really, really pumped because today we have one of my amazing friends and clients, Leah Gervais, with us. And she is an amazing online business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. She started her business as a struggling side hustler, trying to find her direction as a 20-something living in the Big Apple. She has since gone on to help hundreds of her clients start and scale successful side hustles and businesses and supports them all the way to their business generating six figures per month. Leah has also created a seven-figure business on her own and is an incredible entrepreneur and new mom and has really been such a a shining light for me as I entered motherhood. Um, She has been incredible of like, our babies are what, five months apart? But yeah, pretty close. And so you were just like right there before me kind of thing. And so it's been so, so useful to me. And you have been just so helpful in sharing so much of like your wisdom as you went into that. And so I'm just really grateful that now everybody gets to hear that from you. So thank you for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Lacey. And it's been such a joy to kind of go through motherhood together. It's funny because it feels like I'm kind of further along, but like in the grand scheme of things, our sons are exactly the same age. And it's so cool that we kind of are going through motherhood together. Yes. I remember. So when you were planning your maternity leave, Um, you had reached out to me and said, Hey, will you do a a guest coaching thing in my mastermind? Um, what can I like pay you to hire you for that? And I remember saying to you, like, I'm like actively trying to get pregnant right now. Don't pay me anything. Like this is my, like, you know, cosmic pay it forward to the universe kind of thing. Cause I, I'm like manifesting my own maternity leave. And the very next day I found out I was pregnant. So So cool to like have you here. I tell everyone that story that will listen. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's such a testament. It's, it's really like a testament to you because it just shows how much you walk your walk and like how true you are to the things that you teach. Because like, no one saw that. That was all behind the scenes. That was all closed door. You didn't have to do that for me, but you truly like believed in the power of that. And you know, lo and behold, here you are. So cool. Yeah. I I mean, it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm probably pregnant. I like really thought I was not pregnant. So it was like super cool to be like, 
I know I'm not right now, but like one day manifesting and then like the very next day. So anyway, you're such a big part of my uh, journey into motherhood. So let's just start with you telling us a little bit about you and kind of your journey into motherhood. So obviously I just, I did the official bio thing, but just give us a little rundown and then kind of tell us about your little one. Sure. I would love to. So I got pregnant. Gosh, it's like, so it's like both so soon, but also so far ago. So let me back up a little bit. I always knew that I wanted to be a mom, you know, when I was dating my husband and when I was younger, it was something that I didn't ever really question. However, it was never like my priority. It also wasn't something that I was like really excited about or waiting for. I was much more excited about my career in my early twenties and honestly throughout my whole twenties. And I was also really excited to get married and, and not just like to be married, but I I met my husband relatively young. I was only 22. So I was really excited about our wedding. And, you know, that was a big part of my twenties as well. And motherhood and parenthood was something we always knew we'd want eventually, but we just didn't, it was not like I was, you know, you hear these, these women that are like, I was just born to be a mom. That was not me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And me either. So it was like there, but I just almost took like more of a passive route to it. And then I got pregnant relatively quickly, which I even am a little hesitant to share publicly, as you can tell with my slower voice, because I know that that's not every woman's journey. And I'm very, very grateful and humbled. And, you know, very, I, I know that that is that I'm very lucky for that. And so when I got pregnant, we were really excited, but we also were a little bit like, we were scared, just like I think everyone is, you know, this yeah. sort of like, what is this going to do to our life and to our marriage and to all of that? And both my husband and I own our own businesses and his business was even younger than mine. So I had been in business for like five years at that point. And I think in entrepreneurship, the word established just like doesn't really apply. Not because I don't think <laughs> we can be established financially, but like we're antsy people, you know, we're always like, what more can we do? What more do I want? Like, I have so many plans and I was no exception to that. So it was still this sort of like a lot of unknowns being thrown into a dynamic where we already have so many unknowns, which is, which was our our path of being business owners. But I truly believe that like, no, you know, there's no perfect time. I was, I was definitely not upset that I was pregnant or anything like that. I was very excited. It just sort of snuck up on me, I guess you could say. Um, and I didn't have that same like anticipation or planning or visioning mm-hmm. of it that I did for like my wedding and for my business. And because of that, I had my moments of being a little bit nervous during pregnancy because I loved pregnancy, but I was a bit nervous about how much my life would change when I had this baby. And I was nervous about how my marriage would change and my business would change. And as someone who started a business be- primarily because I really value freedom, I was very nervous about what this lack of freedom might bring to me. And I think mm-hmm. that that is a very common narrative kind of shoved down our throats, frankly, by parents, um, both by like our parents and just kind of a lot of parents in general that like your freedom gets stripped away when you have a baby, you know, your time isn't yours anymore, all of that. So I was pretty yeah. nervous about those things, but I had a lovely pregnancy and I was very excited for what was to come. And yeah, I guess I'll, I'll pause there. That's kind of how I fell into pregnancy or got pregnant and fell into motherhood. Yes. And I think that's just really helpful to normalize too, because I felt like that as well. Like I was so excited to have Bennett, but like it just felt like a black hole on the other side because I had no idea what it was going to look like. And when you're someone who's such a planner and likes to like know what's next and have the vision and all of that, it can be really hard to feel like I have no idea what this is going to look like. And so just like normalizing that feeling is really important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's funny because 
there are so many resources out there on parenthood. Like there's no lack of parents. <laughs> there's also no lack of like Instagram accounts or TikTok or books or whatever. But like for some reason, you picturing it in your life is really hard to comprehend or it was for me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I yeah. said, it wasn't like a scary, what's my life going to look like? I'm afraid. But it was just like, I can't even like see it or get there. And it's funny, even today I was like reading um, a blog post someone wrote about like the top must-haves for the first year of having a baby. And about half of them, I was like, oh, I've never used that, or we didn't like that, or it didn't, that didn't matter for me. And it just really speaks to, there's a reason you yep. can't vision it that much. And it's because it is so different for everyone. You know, no two people mm -hmm. have the same experience. And and I think I kind of knew that a little because there was a lot about motherhood I like actively didn't prepare for because I just was like, okay with me almost being thrown in the deep end and figuring out how it would work for me and my family versus like over preparing just to make myself feel good in a way that could have very well, like not served us at all. And that's kind of how I approached it. I was very like, I'll figure it out when he gets here. <laughs> yes, totally. I, I very much agree with that. That is not everyone's journey, but I, I was very much the same. And I think I benefited from that quite a bit. Okay. So, so let's take it a step further. So tell us what maternity leave looked like for you. Like, you know, how, how much time did you take off? What did that process look and feel like? Just give us a little rundown there. So Paul, my son was born on Thanksgiving, which was about 10 <laughs> days early and which was amazing. And that's a whole story if Love you're that. interested, but <laughs> I ended up, you know, it was important to me to have like the holidays and then a little bit of time in the new year to just settle into this. I had planned for taking like 10 to 12 weeks. I ended up only taking nine weeks. For me, that felt like a win considering I run my own business that is under my name. <laughs> but for, I know a lot of moms yeah, mm -hmm. that are in corporate America or that live in Canada or whatever, nine weeks probably sounds appalling. That's just what <laughs> ended up working for us. And kind of the way that I justified that, and I'm saying that in quotes, but the way that I rationalized with myself is I was almost like eager to find a bit more normalcy in my life and figure out how I could coexist as a business owner and a mom rather than like completely blocking out my business for several months at a time and totally momming and then having to like intensely readjust to being a full-time business owner and like momming on the side. And what I ended up doing when I was pregnant was I scaled back to working just four days a week and then just three days a week first because I was so nauseous, but then because I wanted to <laughs> keep that going and like, you know, do that as, as, the baby came. And so I ended up only working three days a week while pregnant. And then I just kept that going. And still to this day, he's nine months old and I still only work three days a week. So my sort of way of looking at maternity leave was take the time that I need to really take care of myself and to get to know my baby, to establish breastfeeding. And then after that, get into more of a normal routine that does allow me to be with him that extra two days a week plus weekends. And that does allow me to work from home, but that still allows me to have what is very important to me, which is my business. And, you know, also what financially provides for my family, like we have to call it what it is. And that, yeah. that did feel better for me in the end. And I will say that, you know, the week or two leading up to the end of my maternity leave, I was pretty anxious. And I did have some moments of like talking to my husband and thinking about if I could do this longer or what it would look like for me to not go back to work quite yet. We were not sleeping through the night at that point, And I'm a very sleep sensitive person. Um, breastfeeding was still something I was getting the hang of two months later. Like I want to be clear about that to any mom out yeah. there listening. Mm -hmm. When I got back to work, I realized that the anticipation of going back to work was a lot 
harder than actually working. And it really did feel good to have something that I felt good at as opposed to being a mom, which I loved, but I was so, so new at. And I think it helped me find a little bit more confidence. Uh, And it also helped me release a little bit control of control over the baby, which I think helped me be a better mom because as I'm sure any new mom can relate to, it's easy to obsess over things, whether that's Mm -hmm. how they're sleeping, what they're eating, are they getting enough food? How much do they weigh? Little things like that, that truthfully, the Western medical system like does not help you not obsess over. And when I got back to work, it's, I just genuinely didn't have enough time to obsess over things that I couldn't control. And I think that that was a good thing for me and my son. So true. I remember talking to you at that time and you being like, oh gosh, like I don't think I had postpartum anxiety, but any trace of it I would have had feels like it's really leveled off and like how useful that was. And I, yes, I just could not agree more about the like kind of like getting into your normal schedule because I, I took a little bit more time off, but that was what I was so looking forward to and coming back because it felt to me like, okay, there's this time right now where like all I do is take care of him, which is so lovely, but I still literally can't picture what it's going to be like. So the black hole was like less of a black hole, but I still didn't know what like our normal life, like moving forward would look like. And as soon as I got back into work and got that part down, like everything just felt like it chilled out a little bit more because I just finally knew what this thing looked like that I'd been trying to figure out for nine months plus then the three or four months of maternity leave. And it was finally like, oh, this is our new normal. And it was just so useful to settle into that. I agree. And it was so exciting, which probably sounds yeah. kind of boring because it's like, it's just your day-to-day life and like, that's how it is. But it was, it felt so good. And I I did kind of like get on a high for a few weeks coming back. Cause I just felt like I was I felt that feeling of like, I kind of have it all, you know, which I think so many of us, like whether we want to admit it or not, are constantly chasing. And I really did experience that for a little while. I still think I'm experiencing that largely, which I feel very lucky for. And that was a huge gift when I started working again. And I will acknowledge that I think a big part of that is because I love my business. I own my business. If I was going back to like one of the nine to five jobs that I've had or a corporate job that I hated, I think it would have been very different. Very different. Completely agree. I Yeah. Could not agree with that more. So on that note, tell us what do you think has been the hardest part of being a mom and business owner for you? I think that the hardest part has been, it's twofold, just like anything in life. I think that the the best part has been a new why, you know, and like a new sense of purpose. Also a new sense of lightness, ironically, because I think that just conversely, like not having enough time to obsess over things that go wrong in business or things that you're afraid of or things that you don't know if it'll work or, you know, all these things that we psych ourselves out of all the time. I just do things now because whatever time I would have spent like overthinking something in business, (laughs) that now in my mind is like time I could be spent with my son. And I'm like not willing for that to be a trade-off anymore. So I think that that's been a great part. But the reverse side of that and the hardest part has been that I do think just the responsibilities have gotten the stakes are higher, right? You have someone that's yeah. literally relying on you both financially and physically. I, like I mentioned, I breastfed, I'm still breastfeeding. And so needing to physically take care of yourself, needing your business to kind of perform like the responsibilities that your household requires just has the stakes are just a little bit higher. And I think that in a lot of ways, that's an honor. I feel I would not trade it. And that's what always keeps me going in those hard moments is it's like, okay, well, I could rearrange my household potentially to where I didn't have to work, but I would never do that. I would never not want to work. I would never want to like lower my own standards for the money that I think I can make. 
And I think just like remembering that I wouldn't have it any other way, but also giving myself permission for the circumstance to present challenges has been a really big breakthrough for me and how I've had to handle it. But that's definitely been the hardest part is just feeling like, you know, you have a lot more responsibilities in your spare time. You have to take care of this baby. You're feeding this baby. You are, you know, making sure the baby's okay. And then when you're at work, you also feel like things, the stakes are a little bit higher in terms of what that needs to do for you in your life. Totally. I think that is just such a real view on that because I think that sometimes what happens is because we chose something, we feel like there's there shouldn't be hard pieces of it or something. And I think what you're saying is what's right. so important there, which is like, I can choose this and I would still want to choose this a hundred times over. And it doesn't mean that it hasn't presented new challenges that I have to deal with. And I think just giving yourself the grace of being in the both and of that is really helpful. Like it feels like you picked the trade-offs that work best for you and your family. And so you feel good about them, but it doesn't mean they still don't fucking feel like trade-offs sometimes, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Lacey, you really have helped me kind of see that and sit with that because I think that one of my, you know, characteristics or traits or whatever that has gotten me very far is I'm naturally like an anti-complainer. I don't like when people complain. I try not to complain. I have this sort of like, if something's broken, fix it mindset, which is good a lot of the times until you, you know, get into situations that are just a bit more complex where like, you're still in the situation that you, like you said, would choose over and over, but that doesn't mean that everything about it is perfect. And sometimes just giving yourself permission to be like, you know what, you don't have to be a complainer, but you're allowed to acknowledge the, the, the things that come with your situation. It's just part of being human. And I think it makes us a lot it gives us a lot more like emotional capacity to experience things. Yes. So true. I'm excited for you to answer this part. Cause I feel like I'll share a little bit more on this too, but you've been like such a, like a shining beacon for me on this regard, but what has been the best or most surprising part? I never could have, it sounds so corny, but I never could have fathomed the pure joy that having a baby has given me and the just, awe that I have around him and like the way that I can be around him and feel so present is just not something in my adult life I've experienced truthfully. And I think we're all so technology oriented, work oriented, future oriented. I mean, my husband, the person that I love most in the world, the time that he and I have together, we still often talk about like the future or what we want or what we're working toward or what we're excited for. And just by the nature of, I think, both of our personalities and just how modern life is, even with those that you love, you don't have that same sense of just pure presence that I think I've experienced Mm -hmm. with my son. And that has been such an incredible gift and something that yeah, I totally agree. Either no one told me about it or I couldn't hear it because I couldn't grasp it. Or maybe I'm just not being sensitive enough to some of the mental health struggles that can outweigh some of that joy in the beginning. And I've just gotten lucky. Maybe it's a combination of all of those things. It probably is a little bit, but I was not prepared for just the pure joy that being a mom and seeing my baby would bring. I mean, I still get excited to wake up in the morning to like go get him out of his crib every single morning. And I think that it's the type of time spent. And I think that this might sound so calculated, but entrepreneurs can understand that it's so different to like be able to spend so much time on something that doesn't have a quantifiable return and feel so great about it, (laughs) you know, and feel like Mm -hmm. this is the absolute best way I could be spending my time. And I think that that's been very freeing for me and to just like give myself that 
that reality of realizing that I can just be doing this and because I want to, and I don't have to think about like, if it's the best thing or the right thing or what the other side effects it has. And that has been just extremely fulfilling. Yes. Uh, I'm so glad to hear you say that because you have been so great about sharing that with me because I think that, you know, a lot of what you hear or, you know, again, like you said, maybe just what I was exposed to about parenthood is like all the tough pieces Mm-hmm. And those are there and they're real and they're part of it. But I think what you hear about and or like you said, maybe just comprehend less is that how fucking good it is. And just yeah. having you go through that before me and just constantly being willing to share like, oh my God, it's so good. You have no idea has been so helpful. And I remember both of us saying like, we had those moments of being like, oh my God, will I ever be this happy again? Because this is just so yeah. delicious. And you've been really good about being like, yes, I get even happier at each new phase of his life or development or whatever. And that's just been so useful, I think, for someone that's just slightly behind you in that journey to just keep having that affirmation that like it's just as normal to feel like wild joy with it as it is to feel like all of the difficult things that come with it. And so I think that that's just really been so useful. And I wish it was something that I understood more going into it because I think I would have been less apprehensive. But, you know, like you said, maybe it's just something you can't grasp until you are in it. Yeah. Well, and I think something that I kind of wish, uh, well, something that I was like pretty uh, insistent upon when I was pregnant, but didn't really know how it would work out, but did. And so I want any like new mom or pregnant person or, or considering or trying to conceive woman to hear that like, you only have to let motherhood change you to the extent that you allow it. And I think that we have this culture where you assume that your whole identity then becomes motherhood. And I truthfully do understand how and why that happens because it is very consuming. I've never had anything consume me as much as thinking about Paul being with Paul, um, wanting the best thing for Paul. I really do have a lot of compassion for why that happens. But if you are intentional about what type of mom and what type of role you want motherhood to play in your life, you have more power over it than I think we as a society give women credit for. And for us, for example, I live in New York City. My husband and I love, love, love the city. We you know, are New Yorkers through and through, even though both of us grew up in the middle of the country. And we did not, when I found out that I was pregnant, you know, leave the city, move to the suburbs, get a van, you know, and and like, and completely up end our lives. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. But I think a lot of people do it by default because that's how they grew up or that's what family thinks they should do, or that's what they assume is easier. And I think that that's just an example, you know, you don't have to use my example, but an example of where you can be intentional about ways you're not ready for your life to change and standing up for that. Is our life Mm -hmm. potentially sometimes like more challenging because we live in New York city and have a baby? Maybe. I mean, I guess not really, I don't think, but that is a trade-off I'm well willing to make because I am happier in New York. And so I think that even that just still like having my social life and I just bring my baby. I mean, granted things will change a little bit when he's a toddler because he can (laughs) right now he's just kind of along for the ride, but um, keeping those social events and like bringing your baby when you can, or you know, making sure that you're still exercising if that's what's important for you and going on walks with your baby. Just recognizing that you don't have to surrender every part of your identity to motherhood if it isn't what is serving you. And it might make some of motherhood a little bit harder because then you're juggling more things, but you still are in the powerful position where you get to decide what is worth it for you and what trade-offs you're willing to make. And I I, I wish people talked about that more. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. I, I 
resonate with that a lot because I, I for so long heard kind of this idea that like, you're just an entirely different person after you have a child. And I have, that has not been my experience. I feel very much me still. I feel me with a child now. Right. But like, I don't feel like I personally had like this massive shift where I became an entirely different person. And I think that like, sometimes that can be a great thing to become an entirely different person. But sometimes that idea that like, you're going to fully lose yourself can feel scary. And I know for me, that was one of the things that kind of scared me going into it. It's feeling like, oh shit, like, am I going to be a person? But like, you know, getting to kind of meet myself as a mother and be like, oh no, like I still get to be me has been really beautiful. Absolutely. I totally agree. On that front, like I know um, you and I have talked about this so candidly personally, but I know that you are so good about kind of being a, a voice for this, but you had some other like hard parts personally that I think are worth chatting about too, because I did as well. Tell us a little bit about like breastfeeding journey and that kind of thing where like all of the things we said are so true, so juicy, so good, best thing ever. And tell us about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I look back at the first few months, honestly, the whole time, the the biggest challenges just in terms of, like I said, pressure was the hardest challenge and that's more mental, but like logistically, the biggest challenges were my challenges with breastfeeding and the lack of sleep <laughs> and yeah. like getting into a sleep routine and sleep is a big one. It was a big one for me. I don't know how people do it where they just like can, you know, go with without sleep or with broken sleep. So with breastfeeding, um, you know, like I had said, I, when I was pregnant, I didn't really research a whole lot about motherhood. I just sort of wanted to go into it and figure it out on my own. And breastfeeding was probably the best example of how I went into something with no real idea of what I was doing. I also wasn't married to breastfeeding. I was not that attached to it. I didn't want to put that pressure on myself. I did know from the few friends that I, I was one of the first friends of, of mine to get pregnant, but from the people I had talked to that there can feel like there's a lot of pressure on women to breastfeed and it can be very challenging. And I did not want to put that on myself. So I went into it just thinking if I can breastfeed great, if not, that's okay too. I have no issue with using formula and I just want my baby to be you know, fed and healthy. So I don't really know what kept me going in those first few weeks when it was so challenging and so painful and so intense. And for me personally, I didn't have sort of, I'm going to get a little bit graphic, but I didn't have like the cracked or blistery external pain that you hear about. I had just like a lot of internal pain. I think my like muscles were really intense. Milk coming in was really painful. And then just the baby he latched fine, but like he just took a long time to breastfeed. So you go from like, I went from being pregnant and working and still kind of being myself, but just like more tired and pregnant and hungrier to spending, I would spend sometimes like eight or nine hours a day, not exaggerating breastfeeding because it would take so long and, you know, milk would come in and he was so little, so he'd fall asleep. And it just felt like that all of a sudden was all I did. And so that was a huge mental shift as well as a huge physical shift. And that definitely affected how much we slept because in the middle of the night, if I'd feed him, he'd, he'd sleep for so long. So still looking back, I can't really describe what made me continue on with it because I wasn't so like adamant about yeah. doing it, but something in me just did. And I just kept doing it. And it just, it, it was sort of just like another day would go on where I do it. And it just would be like, maybe I'll reevaluate tomorrow. And I didn't, um, without going into too much detail, long story short, at a between about eight to 10 weeks, things really did start to improve. And if anyone's listening to this and wants to talk to me about it, I'd be happy to message you because I really felt very lonely during that time. I just don't want to take up Lacey's whole podcast talking about breastfeeding. (laughs) But um, (laughs) 
when finally it got better, I was very personally grateful that I stuck with it. And then it got a lot shorter. And even now it's, it, he can breastfeed within like 10 or 15 minutes. And now I've done it on client calls and it's just been a really beautiful experience for both of us. He, I think it's very comforting to him. I think it's really nice time for us together. So I am personally grateful that I stuck with it, but there were weeks of just feeling like I, no one heard me, you know, I would call our pediatrician and she would have one suggestion. We had a night nurse. She had another thing to say. My mom had her own experiences and then a lactation consultant had their own opinions. And so I felt extremely alone. And as much as these experts mean well and do have expertise, they're not the ones with you at three in the morning Mm -hmm. when your baby's crying and somehow not latching, but latching and your boobs are huge. And it's, it's crazy. You know, It, it is a very intense moment. And I'm lucky enough that I never had issues of feeling like, you know, is my baby not gaining enough weight or is like any big medical issues, but I just felt very lonely and very confused and almost like I couldn't do anything right because no matter what I did, it would contradict someone's advice, someone's advice yeah, that I looked yeah, up yeah. to and was paid, right? Like not just like random people on the street, like people who have gone to school for this. And so that was, you know, mentally it was very challenging. Physically it was challenging, but mentally it was very challenging. And specifically I had a really, I'm going to just say it publicly. I had a really rough experience with a lactation consultant. She made me feel very, very bad about myself that. And, mm-hmm. and that I wasn't more attentive to my son. And so, yeah, that was extremely, extremely hard, but I did get through it. And so if you are listening to this and breastfeeding is hard, but it means a lot to you there, there are, I think, you know, ways to, to see through if you want, only if you want. <laughs> totally. And I think like that was another thing that you were so useful to me in seeing you kind of go ahead of me because I sort of had a similar experience, but different in that I had low milk supply. And so we had to supplement pretty quickly and it took, then it was just an incredibly sleepy baby and it just took him a really long time to get the hang of it. Um, but I know y'all mm. got the hang of it after like whatever, 10 weeks, I think it took us at least 10 weeks to kind of get the hang of it. And it was just nice to have that. But I think like, that's why these conversations are really helpful and important and why having other women going through something similar is really helpful and important because I don't know if I would have stuck through it as long if I hadn't had such a prime example of like, oh, it really does get better. And now I think about it and I'm like, oh, it's so easy. It doesn't feel hard at all now. Like I've been on calls with you where it's like, Paul's just like jumps on real quick and it's right. Like it's no thing, you know, but I think that it's just really helpful, much like business where like sometimes it doesn't click, but it doesn't mean it won't. And it doesn't mean that you have to do 52 different things necessarily. Sometimes it literally is just staying the course, you know? Absolutely. And it's another good metaphor about how it's like business is like sometimes less is more when it comes to other people's opinions, even experts or even people who have done it and like valuing your own intuition. And I know everyone always says like, listen to your motherly intuition. And And I really, really do believe that that's true, but sometimes it can be, I found it was almost sometimes hard for me to give myself permission to listen to my intuition because Mm -hmm. I was intimidated. I felt so new. I felt like I didn't have a developed sense of motherly intuition. And, you know, even that can feel harmful sometimes because you feel like I'm supposed to know what to do and I don't. And I definitely had moments like that. But I think just like in business, we all have moments like that too, where you're like, I should know how to get through this and I don't, or I should know what the next thing is and I don't. And it's okay to not have all the answers and it's okay to limit how many people you ask for advice. Amen. So good. So true. (laughs) 
So speaking of that, though, you mentioned something that I think would be helpful for other people to hear. So you did have a night nurse. Yeah. So can you just tell us like very quickly about your experience with that? Because I think especially if people are listening, thinking about having a baby or whatever, like I think that would just be really helpful for them to hear. Definitely. So I have a lot to say. I'll try to be concise. This was, again, something I just sort of dove in head first with. In my mind, I just thought, I know that the newborn phase is rough with sleep, and I know that I'm someone who really depends on sleep. And even though I knew I'd have a maternity leave and I did plan for that, I still wanted to give myself room to like cognitively be able to answer a question if my team had one or you know be able to like function enough as possible. So we did decide to get a night nurse. And originally, we had the night nurse for, I think, 10 or 12 weeks scheduled. Now, where the night nurse is really incredible is if you either don't breastfeed or if you, if your baby can go somewhat stretches of sleep in between, because the way it kind of worked out for us in the beginning was that my son was up so frequently breastfeeding and I would breastfeed for so long that it almost felt like there was not really a point for her to be there because she would just bring me him. I feed him and then she would bring (laughs) him to the nursery and he would sleep in there. So it was like, I'm up anyway, you know? Now, after about a week or two, what I started doing and what I recommend, I think the best compromise I can think of is if you can pump a little bit in the morning or not a little bit, if you can pump quite a bit in the morning uh, when your breast milk is like the highest in supply so that you can have enough for a pumped breast milk bottle or two in the middle of the night. Now, some lactations consultants will tell you that you cannot at all skip a feeding under any circumstances in the first few weeks or first few months because you're establishing your milk supply. You have to, you know, kind of take that at your own risk. But I did end up doing that eventually. And that that was really, really helpful. But looking back, I think if I could do it again, one, I would right away do that either pump in the morning or simply if you are okay supplementing with formula or if you're okay using formula, get a freaking night nurse. (laughs) Your Mm -hmm, life will change mm -hmm. if you don't have to be doing that all the time. So like, otherwise, you know, you could do that. But additionally, I personally, this is very personal to me, but this is again, something I wish I would have thought about. I personally would have shifted the night nurse so that she was there maybe four weeks after the baby was born into like week 10, because I found that I actually was more exhausted after the first month than during the first month. I had a lot of adrenaline during the first month. I had the most help. Yeah. It's almost like you can kind of keep it going and something, I think the fatigue catches up with you in the second month Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my God, this baby's still not sleeping through the night. I'm still really tired. I personally had less help. Like my family was there for the first month and then they left. So the second month was harder. I wish that I had the night nurse more then. And I also wish that I basically just would have had her, you know, when I went back to work because he still wasn't sleeping through the night then. And I think I needed it more then. So it's just kind of worth looking like at your habits and the help you do have set up. And if your family's coming and thinking, when am I really going to need to sleep the most? And that will probably be things like when your job might need a little thing of you or when you're going to have the least support and and kind of planning backward from there. So that's what I wish I would So helpful. I love that. No, that's so helpful. Thank you so much. Okay. So we kind of digressed there, but I think that's like really important context for people. So next question is how has your business changed? Oh my God. In the most delicious of ways that was the most rockiest of route to get here. (laughs) It's so funny because like this summer, we're recording this at the last week of summer and my business killed it. If I do say so myself, we brought in like an additional quarter million of sales that was unexpected. And I'm obsessed with all my clients for the first time. I love it because I think I'm attracting more moms now, especially I think a lot of people have been attracted to the fact that I only work three days a week, which is so incredible Mm -hmm. because of course the voice in the back of my head when I 
decided to do that was like, your clients will hate this. Like no one's going to want to work with you if you only work three days a week. But yet my clients are like, oh my God, can you show me how to only work three days a week? Like that is so great. And they really respect it. So that's all been great. But the first three months back were really hard. And Lacey, I tell people all the time that in those first few months, you were sort of like, you know, it's normal to find your footing. Um, It's normal to kind of be a little bit off balance when you had a baby. And I remember when you were telling me that in the back of my mind, I was like, what the hell is she talking about? I'm not off balance. I'm fucking fine. Like, (laughs) I I don't even know what, like, yeah, like everything's totally fine. And now I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, I really wish I could just go back and hug myself and be like, honey, take a nap. Like, It's okay. Things don't feel perfect. You literally just like birthed a child and you need to to chill out. So it definitely took me a while to kind of find my footing and to give myself permission to set boundaries for myself. And I think it also like, I don't really know how to say this, but it almost took my audience a little time to catch up too with like kind of the newer version of me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Also like so much of my business. And I think a lot of online entrepreneurs, you know, I share a lot of my life. I share a lot of the behind the scenes. I share a lot about how my business is affecting my life and vice versa. And my like motherhood and the newborn stage were so consuming in those first few months not to the point where I did not enjoy sharing every second of it. It was very tender to me. It was very private. It was very delicate. So it was almost like I didn't really know my place there. And when I would get on um, social media or to send an email and to just do purely business stuff, it almost felt then a little like calculated. And it was just kind of like finding my equilibrium. And I think that in a way, some of that might've been unavoidable. So I don't really have like a fix to it. I just wish I would have given myself more permission during it. Yes. I love that. That's so good. Think that totally makes sense. And I feel like the permission thing is so relevant there where it's like, I think if I could give people any piece of advice about like that time and maternity leave and all of that is just like, give yourself the space and permission to do whatever the fuck you want to do. So it's like, don't plan to have to be on calls, but then if you want to have a few calls, great, get them scheduled and don't plan to have mm-hmm. to be on social. But then if you choose to great, but like I think what you're saying is so true because I feel like it's so easy to go into it thinking you're going to feel one way and sometimes feeling another and just not having the pressure to, to do whatever you thought you were supposed to do is a game changer. Right. I feel like I was pretty good about not needing to show up thing- with things during my maternity leave, but you know, I think it almost took me a, a minute to refine my voice, if that makes sense, to figure out like what yeah. do I want to say and how do I want to leverage my platform and what do I want to share and how much do I want to involve motherhood and like how have my priorities shifted and all of that just took some time to kind of sink in. And I'm I'm sure that a lot of that is still happening, even if I don't realize it. I mean, it's only it hasn't even been a year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So last question, which is always the loaded question, but it's just like good for us to hear everyone's version of this, but like, what's your version of balance right now? Even if that's changed or will evolve, but like for you right now, what's, what's Leah's version of balance? So when I went back to work, in addition to having you, Lacey, I hired a postpartum specific life coach for four months or sort of six months. And one of the first things her and I established together is that my intention during this time was not to find a balance because that felt like another thing for me to do. (laughs) And I think a big part of like being a new mom is that so much is on your plate, right? Like 
the baby is the most obvious and then whatever responsibilities you have around your household. But then there's other less important, but still really fucking important things like your marriage, your health, your, you know, your friendships, things like that. And that is like still kind of not all on you, but like you have to do your part to make those things work. And so finding balance between that all just felt like I don't even need one more thing. And that's, that's how it felt to me. So my intention and my version of that is to find presence in whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it's not about, you know, some weeks I have work where I work more. I ha I hire help for a little bit longer or I have to ask family for help a bit longer. And I give myself forgiveness for those weeks when I'm not with my son as much as I would like to have that balance with him be. But I feel really present at work and I really try to give it my all and show up. And then conversely, if something's a little bit slower at work or I have a week where I don't have as many calls, giving myself permission to be with him more. Or even if it's just a normal week when I'm with him being totally present with him and when I'm working, really trying to give my all to work. And so that's what it looks like right now. It's not about yeah. a certain amount of time each day or a certain amount of time each week or a little bit of this or a lot of that or any kind of like recipe. It's more just how I'm showing up whenever I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And that has felt better to me because it's felt like it's less for me to do in terms of like planning and navigating and logistics and more just how I get to be. I love that. Well, I think what's so beautiful about what you just said is like, it's predicated way more on the feeling than the specifics of like this many hours or this many days or yes. whatever. And like you're being feeling led there, which is kind of what's really important. And ultimately the point of any logistics and planning is to create a certain feeling. And so if you're just leading with that from the beginning, it really frees up so much of the mental weight of like what this is like hand quotations supposed to look like, right? Totally. And I have like two little tips on that that I think have helped me a lot yeah, just yeah. in case I help a new mom. One is that like if you have help, whether it's from your spouse or from family member or you hire help, you have a nanny. We do have help that we hire just to be transparent. I'm not both a stay-at-home mom full-time and running my business. But something that's really been helpful to me is to ask for people to help with things not actually as involved with the baby as you might think. So for example, I am quicker to hire people to and ask even my nanny to like help with household things or to like get Paul ready to go somewhere or to do something with cooking or whatever so that I can be the one if I have a free hour and a half where I don't have to be at my computer to like take him to a music class or something. Because I found in the beginning, if you're just like, here, take the baby or whatever, then that's really when I was like, no, I want to be the one taking him to his music class. And that has yeah. kind of helped me feel like I get the best of both worlds by like being intentional about, I can't spend every minute with him and that's okay. I don't need to, I don't want to, that's not good for either of us, but how can I make the most of our time together? So it doesn't feel like I'm almost getting the short end of the stick. Like I'm only with him if he's crying or I'm only with him if he's napping or whatever, how can I you know, build out my support system so that I get to do the things with him that are really great for us to do together. So that was one tip. And then I kind of can't remember the second tip that I had right now. But yeah, that is, I think something that's been really helpful to me is like being really upfront with the support you need and where. I think that's so true. And I think that like, until I was a mom, I didn't realize that. Like I think about how when I went to like some of my girlfriends, when they had their babies and stuff, like I'd I would be like, oh, I'll take the baby because like I thought that's right. what they needed because I didn't have context there. But then once I had a baby, I was like, oh, I should have been like, I'll do everything else for you so you can take the baby. Right. But you, you don't realize that if you hadn't had that. So I think it's really helpful to be willing to be that clear about it, to be like, oh, no, I want to be with my baby, but would be more helpful is for you to do X because a lot of times people don't realize that. So I think that's so true. 
totally everyone like means well but yeah i remember sometimes even now sometimes like if we go on like a family vacation or whatever i have to be like i actually do want to hang out with him like <laughs> i appreciate that y'all yeah. are trying to help and take him off our hands for a little while and we'll go to dinner or whatever but like i want to be with him it'd be helpful if you could like i don't know help me with laundry or something like that exactly so true so good okay i just am so appreciative of you i think this was so helpful i feel like you know that black hole feeling is probably always going to be there for people that are just stepping into this, but just hearing from other people of like what it looked like for them and what their experience was is so helpful. And again, you were such a help to me. So I feel like it's such a gift to give that to my audience. So I'm so grateful to you for being here and for your transparency. Oh, thanks, Lacey. Thanks for thinking of me. And congratulations to anyone listening to this for wherever phase of it you're at. And just to reiterate, I think you feel the same way. It really has been like the best, most incredible experience. And all the challenges just make you a better mom. And they all pale in comparison to how wonderful and fulfilling it is. Oh, I got goosebumps. Could not agree more. It has been just exponentially better than I ever thought it could be. And I think that's just really important to say and share too. Okay, so where can everyone find you, connect with you, learn from you, do all the things? I am most active on my email list. I send an email out like every day. So I'll just be clear about it now because sometimes people are like, do you really do it every day? Why do you send it every day? And I'm like, I do it like every day. So you can join my email list by going to leahgervais.com. I have lots of opt-ins. Pick your favorite. You'll end up on my email list no matter what. Um, You also can connect with me on Instagram, which is just at leahgervais underscore. And um, I'd love, love to hear about whatever made you listen to this episode today. Yes. And if you, again, have new mom stuff around breastfeeding or any of that, Leah is also (laughs) your girl for that. Truly, she's so amazing. So love you. Appreciate you. I have the best lactation cookie recipe ever. I think Lacey can attest to that, hopefully. So if you need lactation cookies, you can message me. (laughs) They're actually the best. She literally made them and shipped them to me. And I think I ate them in approximately two and a half days because, and there was a lot of cookies, you guys, and (laughs) because they're so good. Um, But yes, so, so amazing. Oh, so grateful to you. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Leah, for being here. Thanks, Lacey. Lots of love. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business, but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.